The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. G'day teabaggers, it's Will here and uh, I'm in New York City. In fact, I'm currently recording this looking out the side the, w- the window of my hotel uh, down into Times Square and uh, I can see the, the naked cowboy down there and the naked cowboy seems to have a couple of naked cowgirls who now work with him. It's good to see that he's managed to franchise that. Even the, the naked cowboy's doing franchising, that's good news and... Uh, Speaking of franchising, there's fucking pie faces everywhere here now. Fucking pie face. There's one next to the Letterman. The fucking pie face has got closer to the Letterman than I have. I'm very annoyed about that. Anyway, um, I've, I've got a gig at Gotham tonight, so I've got to get this up and about. I apologise that this is so late. It's been a really busy time. Um, I've been doing a bunch of gigs in the lead up to Montreal uh, around LA, and thanks to everyone who came out and saw those shows. Uh, and also, uh, obviously, I've just travelled to New York. I've got a gig at Gotham tonight, and uh, then tomorrow night, if anyone wants to come out and see me, if we any of our New York listeners want to come out and see me... Um, then I, uh, tomorrow night, I think I'm doing the early show at Caroline's uh, with D.L. Hughley. And uh, then I'm at the stand uh, later on uh, at the late show at the stand, I think. So um, I'll post it on my Twitter and Facebook. So if you really want to find out the details of those shows, check out my Twitter and Facebook tomorrow. And it'd be great if you could come along and uh, see one of those shows. That'd be cool. And I do have another one on Friday night as well, uh, The Creek in the Cave or something like that. So um, again, just uh, check out my Twitter and my Facebook and I'll make sure that I, I, I post about them if you want the information because I don't want to put it up the top here for everybody. Um, however, that said, uh, there are a couple more plugs. Firstly, uh, new TOEFOP t-shirts. I think they're out today. So uh, today or tomorrow anyway. So a store merchandise for the new TOEFOP t-shirts. As usual, it's a limited edition and we'll sell them until we run out. But uh, uh, that'll only be a couple of weeks, I imagine. So getting quickly, if you want one of the We're Back, We're Bad, You're Black, I'm Mad t-shirts designed by James Fosdyke. They're awesome. And the big one, of course, that I've been plugging for a while is if you are in Montreal or if you know anyone who's in Montreal, I will be hosting the stand-up uh, Down Under shows for the first four nights, Monday through uh, Thursday of next week. Uh, then I think on the Saturday is my uh, solo show, Illuminati. That's the big one. So if you know anyone who is in Montreal, if there's anyone you want to send along to one of the shows, uh, Willuminati on the Saturday night uh, in Montreal is definitely the one to send people along to. It's my first solo show in Montreal, so I'm really excited about doing it, but uh, I'd be more excited if there's some people there. I have other gigs coming up in, uh, I think, uh, Cleveland and Chicago, and I'm going back to Denver. 
We're about to announce some Australian dates in Perth and Darwin, and there's a bunch of other things. So, but I'll 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 plug them as we go on. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say about this episode is, uh, apart from the fact I'm sorry that it's late, uh, it was also recorded in two parts. So the first half was at the end of us recording a lot of episodes in a row. So it's fair to say that. Well, put it this way. It picks up pace about halfway through when it's the next day. (laughs) So, anyway, I hope you enjoy it, and uh, here it is. Cheers. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. (laughs) Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman, like usual. (laughs) World War's life. It's free, you know. I travelled through time. (laughs) Fatalist. Totally. Have sex with happy mates. Well, you want a lazy Susan? It's a fun fact. The father of the and the holy toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor and let's get guns. Now this is Tofu. Everyone relax. This is Tofu. I'm Charlie Clawson. You pointed I'm to me as I was taking a mouthful of water. I'm Will Anderson. It's not professional. I, I appreciate that. I, I'm sorry that I pointed at you. You didn't even give me a five, four. Would, is that what you prefer in the future? Count me in. Yeah. Five, four. No, I, what I want you to do is to clap me in like a, like a fast bowler with a long run-up. Oh, like, yeah, here we go. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. <laughs> I'm telling Clausen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's Clausen's cool. a wanker. We got the MCG when um, they yelled out at Richard Hadley. Like, Richard Hadley, Hadley's a wanker. Yeah, 86 or something. Yeah. It was the first time I'd been in the MCG. My dad was a member. He took me. And they were sitting in the stands. They started calling that. My dad was like, what are they saying? And I'm like, uh, if I swear, will I get in trouble? Hadley plays for Sri Lanka? Yeah. Had- Hadley's a banker, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's an objection. It's, it, it's an early form of Occupy. They're objecting against the financial system. If you're system. Richard Hadley, do you take that personally? No. Like, I mean, I think that when you're someone who's playing for an opposite team and the opposition hates Single you, that's a, you out that's a form a of, of... It's a form of respect. Really? Yeah. Do you think Zach Dawson cops a bunch of respect from opposition supporters, even his own supporters? Uh, because he is... A whipping boy. Yeah, but does he have a, like... He doesn't have, a, like, a nickname. Dawson's not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hang on. It has caught on. <laughs> Did you see the Richmond cheer squad? I think, mis- I think they have a go at Dawson. I think Dawson, <laughs> when he played for St Kilda, like he was a player that the opposition cheer squads, when they're full, like when he's on Travis Cloak in the grand final, I was just above the cheer squad. They were giving it to him the whole time. Right. So does he feel honoured by that? Yeah. Really? At least they know him. I mean, I think Stephen Milne or Hayden Ballantyne. At least they know his name. They take it as a badge of honour when yep. the crowd, you know, because they pride themselves on just being pests, right? Yeah. I don't know that, I don't think that Zach Dawson prides himself on being a pest. I think I you'd love, love how, to be. Yeah, how, like, I was, there were several times there where I was trying to get you out of that deep AFL hole that you were Why getting into. Why is it an AFL hole? This is our show. We talk about what we want. God damn it. Yeah, I know. But we just have to open it up to the world and let them understand a little bit about but, what we're talking about. We just have to put it in context. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, we just have to explain who Zach Dawson is to them. All right. Who's Zach Dawson? Uh, well, he had a TV show called Zach Dawson's Creek. <laughs> 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 he had this best friend who was in the Mighty Ducks movies 
and uh, he had a girlfriend who was uh, replaced by Maggie Gyllenhaal in the second Batman film. Yeah. Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Quick recaps. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, the other girl from the show was married to the Joker. Yeah. So, oh my God, Dawson's Creek was... The precursor to Batman. Oh my God, it really was. Yeah, yeah. It was the, it was the original Batman Begins. It was the original Gotham. Oh my God. The TV you know series. Christopher Nolan might have been a big Dawson's Creek fan. Like, with all the people he cast in, like, you know, his films. Maybe he just loved... Well, well no. Heath Ledger, who was married to Michelle of, Williams. Of the yeah. husband of. Yeah. And one of the girls. And one of the girls. That's hardly enough... Uh, don't they, isn't like- and Jam- James Vanderbeek was one of those Batman, those ones who just dressed up as Batman in the second film. Because <laughs> he needed to do a job. <laughs> he was happy for the work. Imagine if Chris he's the guy. Nolan- he was the guy in hockey pads. That's what it actually said, the character title, Batman how, in hockey pads. How powerful is I Chris- think we can get James Vanderbeek. How, how powerful is Christopher Nolan, do you think? If Christopher Nolan said, okay, you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm going to make three more Batman films. And the studio are like, oh, well, that's amazing. We, of course, we'd love you to make three more Batman films. And he said, oh, yeah, but Christian Bale's not going to do it anymore. I'm casting James Vanderbeek. Would he get those movies made? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's that powerful. Yeah. He get a three-picture Vanderbeek deal. Although, having said that, it's not like Chris Nolan's a star maker. Everyone he's cast in his films has always been kind of like, you know, a star already. I think that Tom Hart, you could He's argue- not Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino came out and said, I'm doing a sequel to Pulp Fiction. It's before Jules and, you know, the other guy hit the, hit the suitcase and I'm recasting the John Travolta part with James Vanderbeek. I think people <laughs> would be like, okay, let's see where this goes. Um, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Although I would argue that Tom Hardy wasn't like a massive star before the Christopher Nolan world. I reckon he's become, he went from being like a guy but that a few of us had heard what of. What I'm saying is he didn't discover him. You know what I mean? Like it's, he he didn't cast him in the film and make him, like he, people knew about Tom Hardy. Well, he found him in a prison. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson was not a documentary. But that's not like, I mean, that's not necessarily would, I don't think that's why. I don't think that would give anyone any pause for thought. You'd feel a little better if it was like a Quentin Tarantino. Well, of course, you know, with this guy's decision. But I think he's right. Got but the if run. you think he's got you, the runs you think on the that board. Christopher Nolan would be able to, like, he'd I'd be able to cast Dawson from Dawson's Creek as Batman. Well, and people, Ben Affleck. That's pretty powerful. If ben Affleck can be can be playing Batman. Yeah, but if like Ben Affleck, it's still a fucking step to Dawson. Pacey auditioned for. Is Pacey was that? Yeah, Joshua Jackson. Yeah, he auditioned for Batman when it was went to Christian Bale. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Pacey? Yeah. It could have been. It could have been. If Pacey and Katie Holmes had been cast, it, I would have. I, I would give your theory more credence. My God, imagine that. Like, imagine it's one of those, like, Tom Selleck could have been Indiana Jones yeah, yeah. moments. And He'd be a much more sardonic Batman. Christopher Nolan's first choice was Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Charlie from, a mighty, from the Mighty Ducks. Uh, yeah. The dude from French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Married to the hot German chick. He's married to a hot German chick? Diane Krieger. Oh, yeah, he is too. And she's cool. She's a Tarantino woman. Yeah. So, Tarantino woman, the Tarantino woman. <laughs> I love that song. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so what have you been up to? What's been going on with you, Charlie? That's what people want to know. What's like what, we have, did 10 minutes since we recorded the last podcast? No, well, let's, let's, no, because let's go back in time, man. Oh, okay. Like not Firing at the flux capacitor. Yeah. Not, yeah, not in a Huey Lewis in the news <laughs> sort of way, but like it's. <laughs> Huey, Huey Lewis, uh, Huey Lewis, and the Internet Buzzfeed list. <laughs> yeah. No news anymore. 
Um, uh, what 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 was going on in those eighteen months? Tell us what was going on for eighteen months with Charlie, apart from work. When everyone... I quit crime fighting because my girlfriend died, and uh... well, yeah, what happened? Like, <laughs> what, what happened in your period between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises? Like, what uh... was what was that period for you? What was it like? What was it like when you know you first like tell people what it was like when the podcast finished? Like, you know, was it? Like, were you overwhelmed by... To quote Christopher Scase, it's like taking off a pair of smelly socks. <laughs> Do you remember when Christopher Scase said that about giving up his Australian citizenship because he got his, like, full Spanish Yeah, because he fled to Mallorca yeah. because he'd ripped off and money he said, from everybody. And uh, you know, getting rid of his Australian citizenship was like taking off a pair of smelly socks. Yeah, well, it would be because that was where all your debt was. <laughs> if I took off a pair of socks and got away with million dollars of debt, I would be as well. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, so when he fled to Mallorca, we'll get back to me in a yep. second. That's fine. Right. He fled to Mallorca. D- did he have money there hidden away? Is that what he was living off? I think that, Like, yeah. can't they just freeze all his accounts or is that what a... Yeah, but like, I think these people have, like, I mean, without me knowing too much about this, my understanding is that they have like offshore accounts and stuff. Like, their money's hidden away. Yeah. Like, it's all tax evasion. Like, you know, when somebody gets sent one of these, like, hey, you owe us... Like, it's always the government saying, hang on, you were meant to have paid, like, $80 million of tax. Here's your bill. Mm. So it's not really like the government sees, like, you know what I mean? Like, th- that $80 million is hidden somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've estimated that right. that amount is somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chances are there's more than that somewhere. Yeah, That's right. just the bit that they didn't pay in tax, you know? Yeah. So they've got some offshore account in some country that doesn't recognize. And the whole thing, I guess, would be, like, on paper looking like you have nothing. Because you've got six different businesses, but none of them turn a profit. That's the right. fucking crazy thing. Well, the, the, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I have all these businesses. I probably should give some of them and, away. But and all my property is in my partner's name. Right. So I don't make any money off the interest of, of those either. I lost hers. $5 last year. Yeah. I want a refund. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Murdoch is $800, $800 million. <laughs> you kept all your receipts when you went to office works. It's fair enough. I mean, that You're was, putting out a newspaper. You have to buy a lot of paper. We're fine. That was the galling thing, wasn't it, when they announced the budget where you're like, Oh my God. Oh, Murdoch's getting 800 million back, roughly? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, but well, that's that, okay. That we're going to take, take, that, take that off old people, unemployed people, and disabled people, so yeah. everything will be fine. The organization that was uh, eavesdropping on uh, people. Uh, oh, yeah, but they were doing that overseas, Charlie. Oh, right. There's no evidence that the exact same organisation would have been engaged in the exact same practices in this country just because they're the exact same organisation. No. There's literally no evidence that that would ever It's not like uh, huge corporations have modes of practice or policy. No, no, no. Random once-off kind of thing. It's a once-off thing. Definitely. Like, I mean, it would have been an exception, a glitch in the matrix, you know what I mean? So sorry. Because otherwise... Where's our money? (laughs) At every other time, they have conducted themselves in nothing but an impeccable manner. So you can forgive everybody one mistake. Yeah. Well, it's like... Did you know about the government bailouts in the States with the fall of Wall Street and everything? Uh-huh. And uh, so a lot of these banks and financial organizations have taken these fines in lieu of prison sentences. Yeah. They've paid off. That seems like a half great a, deal. Half a billion dollars, 50 million, 60 million. It's like, all right, but that to them is like, if you put it if, in terms of relativity, them paying off a $50 million bill, that's like a day, what, a month, a, a week's. Profits there, right? That they pay, right? And no one, no one's accountable. Go back to as you were. It's like when LeBron James gets a six thousand dollar fine for something. Exactly. LeBron James would be literally like, "Oh, you just checked down the bottom of my locker." Yeah. 
I could give a shit about your six thousand dollar fine. I'm um, so, so where I I don't understand. Is this a, sh- a government just with short term gain? Well, look, we may well, not, we the, may get nothing out of them, or we well, may get locked up. Legally. The thing they always say it's like a like I mean they don't always say this, but like and I don't the old admit, saying. Yeah, I, and I'm not even gonna get the old saying right, <laughs> but it's along these lines. If you owe the bank a hundred thousand dollars, that's your problem. If you owe the bank a hundred million dollars, that's their problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, like, whatever. If you're playing at that big end of town, you're always going to get cut concessions. Like, I mean, the ridiculous thing was it was the banks that fucking ruined like the economy in the first place, the global financial crisis, mm. and they're the ones who came out of it best. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Killers. Less regulation. That'll yeah. fix. That'll learn them. No, that'll fix it. <laughs> that'll fix it up. Yeah. yeah, the problem was we weren't making enough money. You right. see, if we'd been able to, if it was more deregulated and we could make more money, we wouldn't have to worry about. It. Look, we learned our lesson. A few people yeah. got greedy. We're sorry about that. Yeah. Overlending all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you give us more money, yeah, we can cover the people we've overlent to, and we can still function, and everyone gets rich. I'm pretty sure that the best solution is just to throw more money at this. Yeah, yeah. we're doing fine. <laughs> Like, the banks are doing fine. Guess what we did? This is the best bit. Like, this is so good. You guys won't even believe we managed to do this. We got rid of all our employees that we had to pay, and we replaced them with machines. And people were fine with that because they were like, it was more convenient. So, like, yeah, I'll have, have a machine instead of a real person. And then we didn't have to pay real people, but here's the cool bit. Then we charged them to use the machine. So, now we've got them doing the job we used to pay people to do. They're doing it themselves, and we charge them money for this. And they're oh fine with God, it. God, people are idiots. We, we, we bill them per month for having an account. I, here's my favorite <laughs> bit. How's this? This is so fucking cool. Like, if they pay for something by a check, like, we take that money out straight away. But if they receive a check, like, that takes days. It takes days, right? So, guess what we do with the money in between? We invest it in short-term things and make heaps of money. With their money. But we don't pass any on to them. Oh, no, We no. charge them for having charge an account in the for first doing place. <laughs> oh, my God. When they transfer things overseas that we do by computers, we charge them so much money. It's brilliant. And no one complains. No one complains. Well, you can't. What can you do? Keep your money under your fucking bed? Can't do it. What are you going to do? I don't know. Um, switch to a resource-based economy. We all just trade goods and services. We'd be fucked. What would we trade? Yep, chuckles. No, I think about this because like like if you're going to go to Burning Man or whatever, right? Yeah. So like Burning Man, you have to, it's a barter-based economy. Right. So like you have to kind of go, well, what can I do to add to other people's, like so that people give me food and drinks and drugs and stuff. Like what can I do to add to this economy? So I think... Telling a few jokes. Yeah, I guess so. What I do? I mean, that's what I would guess I would do. If I could get like 30 people together at Burning Man, I could do shows. I think people would enjoy that as part of your day. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you're just banging around and there's some fucking dude in the top corner telling some jokes, that'd be all right. What would I do? I've got no skills. What would you do? Nothing. What can you take? You take anything in? I mean, because we couldn't do it. It's a not pod- like Survivor. We couldn't gonna... do a podcast. No. What do you mean? Well, it's not like Well, Survivor. can we take the podcasting equipment in? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Well, I, mean, we, I guess you can. I don't think they're anti-technology. All right, here's what I would do. If I could take technology in, I would go around and I would interview people yeah. for free and then cut it together and send it to them so they've got like a, a record. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good actually. Yeah. Like, oh, what I, like no, but 
You can't do heaps of people. You'd have to just do one person. You need one rich person well, who wants to have such a good time at, oh, at like Burning Man yeah. that they want you to also like remind them the next like yeah you know, three days later what they actually got up to. So you're essentially just a documentarian, like, a documentarian of yeah. this person's experience at that Burning would suck. Man. No, I don't want to do that. Oh, <laughs> really? What them? if they're fun? I'm gonna follow them. Or follow they them might have been around. a really fun person. Well, it depends who the person is, but. Uh, no, I think that would be boring. You don't want to uh, follow someone around the camera when you're at a festival like that. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's someone who shared interest with you, you could just do shit together. You know what I'd do? What? I'd do dream go. interpretation. I'm oh. fucking good at it. Are you? I'm really good. I actually toyed with the idea of doing my own podcast, which is just people send me in their dreams and I'll interpret them for them. But the thing about dream interpretation is you kind of need to have a question and answer situation going on. All right. I'm going to try to remember a dream that I've Don't make it up because recently. it's got to be... No, no, no. And you've got to be honest. Yeah, no, I'm going to try to like actually remember one that I've had recently. I dream quite a lot, but I, I don't remember my dreams very well. So it's going to take me a little minute to try to access something that like... Oh, okay. He's, it, this is a dream that I have recurring. So okay. I guess that probably yep. is something that, you know. So uh, in this dream, I'm in year 11. I remember it distinctly. So is there anything about me being in year 11 that... Is like, no, just tell, keep going on. Uh, do yeah. I tell you the whole story? Yeah, first? just tell me the whole thing. And I'll tell you. Okay. To stop. All right. So if um, I need more information. Yeah. All right. So I mean, you're 11, mm-hmm. and oh no, sorry. They so in this dream, there's a couple of things that are really weird. Firstly, I have this kind of image in my head, but I don't actually like dream this part of the dream. I just kind of know it. It's like knowledge yeah. I have in my dream. Yeah. Um, that. I am in that when I was in year eleven, I for some reason didn't get all my poems in, and so technically there was a mistake, and I shouldn't have passed year eleven English literature, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. And then I have this crisis, like in modern day times, yeah. where someone finds out about this and like threatens to expose me because I didn't yeah. get my poems in in year eleven, and it's such yeah. a weird dream to me because. Like I, I think everyone has that dream though about shit they found out. I've got to go back to high school. I've had that. It's a recurring one for me too. Because, but no, but the thing is, like in my head, where I'm like, but I'm an adult now, and how I did in year eleven English literature yeah. literally does not matter. Yeah, like it's not like but you still have that anxiety, even if they found out. But in that moment, in that dream, yeah. I am like petrified. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, I mean, I have a very similar dream. I think some. I have, didn't come here to hear about your dream. <laughs> But uh, what I would say it relates to is, um, uh, I think there's two things to it. It's the there's the the fact that it's uh, you at in year eleven, and um, you know most people you, they say that when you're in your teens, that's like the you know you, for you developmentally, that's when you're at your most sensitive, most heightened emotions. So I think you're having an anxiety dream, and um, that is represented by you as a sixteen year old because yep. that was probably a time when you were very highly strung or it yep. was very sensitive or whatever, sure. and. I mean, it is year 11 poems that I'm talking about. Yeah, the idea, yeah, of course. <laughs> my poems yeah. that I didn't get in. Yeah, your breakup poetry where you just like <laughs> Gabang. Uh, so I think that the poetry relates to, uh, I think it's quite literal. It's about, you know, your creativity, either, you know, writing jokes or whatever you're working at the time, maybe it's Gruen or whatever it is. And so what your brain is telling you, is trying to tell you is that you don't actually need to freak out about, because you're going to get situations now as an adult where you're like, shit, I haven't done enough work or I'm so not prepared. I see you go through it every year where you're two months out from Melbourne Comedy Festival and you're like, I haven't done enough, I haven't done enough, I fucking, I'm a month behind, blah, 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 blah. So I reckon that dream is just like a literal manifestation of 
the, probably the time that you were most kind of freaked out or when you're most heightened is, you know, at that age. Sure. And that was the beginning of your creative pursuit. So I think it is just your brain reminding you that you lived through that and you're an adult now and you can control that situation. So, uh, yeah, that's basically, it's, that's, yeah, that's a very literal dream. All right. What about the one I had where I had sex with Fifi Box? Is that, a, is that a real dream? Actually, that was a real dream. I, I did have a, a sex dream about Fifi Box, who I don't want to think of in that way, by the way, because she's a friend of mine and I, well, the thing, like, we've the worked thing really well together. But it, it was like, that's the weird thing about a sex dream is that sometimes you have like this weird sex dream about someone who, like, yeah. but I, I don't mean I, this in like a bad way. Like, Fifi Box is a friend of mine. No. I'm not attracted to her in the way because she's my friend and I just see her as a friend and a colleague. Yeah. Not because she's not attractive. No. But I, like, it's not when I see her that I'm like, oh, sexy, sexy, but I want to. Well, I, I believe sex like sex dreams can just be sex dreams, fantasies, yep. or there's another school of thought, which uh-huh. is my school. Yep. <laughs> is that everyone you see in your dream represents yep. a side of you. Uh-huh. And so the idea of, and I would take the symbolism further, and it's like yep. Fifi Box works in a similar field to you, or at yep. least, you know, when you're uh-huh. on radio. But she's much more of a mainstream uh-huh. kind of uh, yep. uh, performer, comedian. Yep, sure. She's like, you know, I think that's that kind of yep. stuff. So I would think that maybe the dream of you having sex with her is it's kind of you trying to, uh, balance out your right. independence with your obligations as a performer uh-huh. because you know you occasionally have to take jobs which are to right. pay the rent or to yeah. you know get promote your show or whatever like that I think that's what it is is your subconscious saying it's that me you, wrestling with the man you need to you know but I've yeah, but in my need, head that's me to... having sex with Fifi Box which is much nicer than wrestling with the man <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's my Pandora. I yeah. like that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I, you know, I enjoy your dream interpretation uh, show. I don't yeah. know. Like, but I think I'd, I'd need people, we'd have to get people to phone in because I have to ask questions yeah. like, how are you feeling at the time? Blah, yeah. blah, blah, all this kind of stuff. Because Well, it's a late night show. Maybe you need to actually pitch it oh to like God. a network. You'd be I'd like love the, to do a Spoon Man style spoon man. show. <laughs> or like, not Spoon Man, like what's the, the love, uh, the love uh, guru, the love doctor, Richard Mercer, the love god. You know, have you ever oh, heard of him? Love Songs and Dedication? Love Songs and Dedication. No, I'd like to Mercer. do... What's that show they got in We've got Sandy LA. Line. Hey, Sandy. The one Adam Kroll used to host, Dr. Drew one. The, oh, yeah, Dr. Drew. Was that what it was called? The Sex Show. Se- the Sex Sex What's Line. Sex, sex, sex Hotline? Sex Line. Hey, Sex. Let's sex Men. Sex, Sex, Sex. No, what was it called? Anyway, but I've heard some of that, and that's kind of good, because it's like... I mean, it's more medically based, but I'd like to do it for kind of, you know, dream interpretation, but adult. Let's talk about, let's get real about the subconscious, man. Yeah. Do you believe in the subconscious? Uh, well, what do you mean by that? Well, like the sub- that, in, that it exists? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone believes that it exists, right? Do it's like oh, a- no, I don't think, I don't think they do. I think there's like schools of thought that, you know, there's, I mean, the subconscious is a concept. It's, uh, it's Freud, right? Was he the pioneer in the subconscious? Oh, let's not go back to the computer. For this yep. Let's just say a famous thinker. Yeah. Came out the idea of the subconscious and there's actually sort of deeper uh, brain functions that we may not be aware of. Right. But I, because I remember talking to a friend of ours, Peter, who's a doctor, about being hypnotized and saying, oh yeah, like on a subconscious level, I felt blah, blah, blah. And he said, if there is a subconscious. Oh, really? So he, and he's a very learned fellow. Yeah. Also the only one of our friends who could easily say, (laughs) 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 I believe there is one. Like, I'm not sure if he actually did say, but that was the. He should have. Yeah. Whenever anyone dismisses an idea with a, (laughs) to me, that is like one of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, he knows. Like, you know, because no one, like if someone's like, you know, when sometimes, you know, 
someone's trying too hard. Yeah. And you can tell they're trying too hard. Yeah. But when somebody gives you a... I won't even <laughs> consider. That's, like, that's what he's like. No, I'm not even going to consider your words. They are so stupid. It's oh wasting God. value. My brain is powerful. I've turned I'm... into a cartoon character yeah. to express my... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't think it exists. Well, he didn't think he didn't think it exists. So I mean, I I think it does, because to I mean, to you, what well, does it mean? What, well, do, what, me, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I think that there are certain aspects of my personality of which I'm not aware, which manifest themselves. Uh, you know, which sorry, which dictate my the actions that manifest themselves. For instance, you know, I've been spending some time with my mum lately, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of her behavior that she's not aware of in my i recognize myself like a lot of kind of neuroses type what do you stuff. mean what sort of stuff like um sitting down instance, the way no <laughs> for instance i uh, i bought her an apple tv uh on the weekend oh so she i don't have an apple tv your mum is more technologically she, advanced than i am <laughs> so i was setting it up she should her. start a podcast <laughs> <laughs> she would i tell you what she the microphones we plugged in most of the time most of the time because we are similar uh, so while I was setting up the Apple TV, and there's a few steps you got to go through, she's got an iTunes account, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But it's kind of like a lengthy process. Get her to review the and podcast. And with, with, with each menu that came up, yep. she would be like, oh, like it's another another uh, wall to climb. Yep. And I'd be like, it's fine. We just put the details in and then, you know, you need a credit card. Oh, and I, and I was like, by the end of like, mum, it is fine. Like, this yeah. is not, we're this not is, being stopped here. No, no, this is the this process. This is the process. Literally, we've got through the next step. But in her mind, and I see it myself, yeah. she has gone into the situation with a negative mindset, which is, I won't get this. This will be too hard. Uh-huh. It's, it's not going to work out. And so every minor bump in the road, and I do that all the time. I think we have spoken about me getting hypnotherapy for anxiety and stuff like that yeah. before. And that was kind of, a lot of it was related the, the woman I worked with related it back to my father's death when I was 10, saying, you went through something traumatic as a child. And so now your response to traumatic, what you perceive as being traumatic situation is to behave like a child. So, right. you know, that's what I've been working on as an adult is to... Whereas you should have been Batman. Exactly. That's how you should have. <laughs> I should have, like, yeah. Seriously, man. Vowed. You should have vowed dressed that, as a bat. Vowed that heart disease would never kill another person. I go on to fight heart disease. It's a bit harder when you can't beat up like someone who killed your parent. Maybe it's like... You're just beating people in their diseased hearts. <laughs> like, damn you, diseased heart. Damn you. Or no. like punching things that disease. What was like, you're punching well, they, cigarettes. Uh, before and before like, you go any further, that yeah. was an episode of South Park when they took the piss out of Russell Crowe. <laughs> Fight when he's fighting around the world. And then he said he's fought everyone in the world so he's going to start fighting cancer, but he couldn't find cancer. So he just starts beating up people with cancer. <laughs> and that's why Matt and Trey are the best. They really are. I fucking hate those. Have guys. you seen that um, documentary about which one? How they make South Park? No, it's called. Is it online? Yeah, Is I it saw new? it. It's. I think it's newish. So, something about it's about the amount of days. It's like yeah, six days yeah, or whatever in six days because they do the whole, whole show, in, show in in a week. Incredible and incredible on top of everything else they fucking do. It's so amazing to watch and watch the way they work and. The level that they're operating at, like in terms of satire and being ahead of the game, is still, like they're it's, still at the top. It's the ideal job. Like it's the only way. They're, it's rare people who've been that cool and that satirical for so long, and it's really mostly the, out of the mind of one genius. Do you know what I mean like they're a team and they yeah. both have their strengths? But essentially, it's Trey. Yeah, and it, 
they like you, you when you watch this thing you just go all oh, right this guy should be why are we not talking about these guys in the way that we talk about John Stewart or David Letterman or Louis C.K.? Yeah, I like, so. I think that we should be, like, you know, they've made a show. This is the thing, is whether you think The Simpsons or, like, or South Park or whatever, uh, like, like I think, I was always a person early on that I, I was more fond of The Simpsons, right? But I think you'll find that, like, t- today, to be as relevant today, South Park, you could definitely argue, is definitely yes. sharper and still more relevant today than The Simpsons was. Definitely. One guy made it, basically. Like, a couple of guys, as opposed to, like, teams Literally wrote every script. Just came out of his fucking head. <laughs> it's insane. And the writing room on, on that t- on looks top- like... I've never watched something. Since I watched Jerry Seinfeld's Comedian, that's about as close as I've gone, mm. where I, I watched... The South Park, this documentary, and I went, I would love to work on South Park. Yeah. Like, if they said to me, because Bill Hader's yeah, had yeah. been I in there working. I had an interview with Bill Hader. He talks about they just go away for a couple of weeks and right. write. And I'd sat, I watched it, and I just went, you know. I mean, that would be the best. I, that would be the fucking best. I would love to be in that room. I'd pay money to be in that room. Yeah. If they said to me, you can come and just do it for a year for fucking free, I would do everything else I do to pay my bills just to fucking sit in that room yeah, for, man, like, for a sit- season. It would be the fucking best, yeah. man. Yeah, it was. It's, it's great. You really should watch it. I highly recommend it. So you found it on iTunes or something? No, it was on Foxtel. I watched it on Foxtel. It was, on, it was before like an episode of South Park. So if I just search for South Park documentary, yeah. it'll probably come up. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I, I just think they're incredible. I, South Park is one show. But it's also great to watch them go through that crisis of it's not going to get done. I mean, it's that's not the thing be great, that drives me not- crazy is that knowing how stressful it is to put something on, to produce something, they willingly put themselves in the most extreme circumstances again and again. Talk about Groundhog Day. Right. Like that is the kind of most terrifying Groundhog Day because like, if anything goes wrong, they can't have a sick day, they can't fuck up. You know, if a lawyer says you can't say that, like they just got to keep going, going, going. I can understand the philosophy of they work better like that, but geez, for your mental state or your heart, I mean, it must be so stressful. Well, I guess that's why they only do it in seasons. But the great thing about those dudes, and again, they don't get enough fucking respect, I don't think, is in the fucking meantime, while they were making this thing that's still as relevant today as it ever fucking was, they wrote a f- one of the greatest musicals of all time. time. Yeah. <laughs> or made a feature film with marionette puppets. I mean... That's hilarious. They're fucking hilarious. Yeah. And they're geniuses, and they should... like. I mean, I'm It's such... kind of weird, because I, I agree. I don't think that... I think people dismiss them a bit as the crude right. cartoon guys. Yeah. But having said that, like... I mean, they, and they there is all that. They basically own but... the Comedy Channel. Like, that Comedy Channel is the house that they built. Right. So, like, I think they're... They're, they're kind of, you know, they're the George Lucas's in a way. They've just created an entire kind of universe for themselves. And there is part of me that kind of looks at the level of topics and satire that they can deal with every week on that cartoon show that goes, fuck. Have you seen? Should have done a cartoon show. I saw show. a clip for the South Park game. Like, there's a brand new one that came out this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there is a scene where you have to perform an abortion. Like... I mean, you want to talk about cutting edge? Like, there's a ga- like it's a game. I mean, I guess technically it's just like Operation. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all played Operation. That's full on, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> like, when I saw it, even I was shocked. It's like, Jesus humor, Christ. Humor can be confronting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they're kind of a bit like Monty Python in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But those guys... <clears throat> 
because of the world they operate in, there's things that they do and things that they say that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing no. or saying myself, but within the context of their world. And because I think with those guys more than anything that you know that nothing is off limits. Yeah. Like they are... What I loved about those guys is they... It's rare that people can ridicule the left properly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, normally when people ridicule the left, it's people of the right. And they're and, clumsy at Oh, it. it's so horribly ham-fisted. So like, it's just... It's like, like it's, it's, it makes you feel awkward. It's, it's like you know when it's someone like those old right. Apple ads where John Hodgman is the daggy guy. That's the right trying oh. to make fun of the cool guy on the left. It doesn't work. It's like it's so like you just get this chill down your spine. Like someone has walked over your grave whenever a right wing person tries to make fun of a left wing. That's why right wing comedy shows don't work. It's terrible, but. Like South Park, who I certainly wouldn't call right wing. No. But Well, they're equal opportunity. Equal opportunity offenders. And they have been wonderful at parodying yeah. like the many, many foibles of the fucking left. Andrew Bolt, one of his one zillion misinterpretations, he talked about during the sort of height of the Bush presidency how everyone was making fun of the left. Even um, you know, the guys who make South Park, check out uh, Tim America World Police. It skewers the left. I'm like Skewers the right. It right. skewers everyone. Did you yeah. miss the whole point of the film? Yes, I only. It's called Team America. It yeah. is an attack on right-wing right wing American like cult, uh, cultural imperialism. Their theme song is America. <laughs> fuck it. And Andrew Bolt's like, this is really positive to the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Look at the way yeah. they blew up Michael yeah, Moore. Fuck you, America. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they're geniuses. I, I'm sure I've probably told you about this before, but. One of the greatest nights of my entire life was um, uh, I was in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh uh, Fringe Festival, and uh, Paul Provenza, who is one of the guys my behind Cheese. Oh, you love Paul Provenza? <laughs> you know what? You should try it with like some crusty bread and yeah. like some fresh butter and a little Paul Provenza. <laughs> Slice of Sarah Silverman, go down nice. You know, what? a little bit of mustard, sweet ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he he did did this show, which they made into a TV show in the states, I think, called The Green Room, and it was comics talking about comedy, sort of thing, you know. Mm. And uh, so the night I went and saw it, uh, Matt and Trey uh, were like the guys. So he interviewed them for like an hour and a half, and they just talked about the show. There's only like a hundred people in this fucking cave in Edinburgh, you know, watching so that, cool. and they had shit from the show, and they talked through the stories like. <clears throat> The one that I mention the most is always because it's always my favorite example of that editing. I always think with comedy, the minute that people don't use editors anymore or there's no one who's telling them that something isn't right, you'd stop making creative decisions. Yeah, right. Right? That's why Judd Apatow movies got worse when people didn't tell him to cut shit out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, they were talking about the Tom Cruise like in the closet joke, one of yeah. the more famous South Park moments, right? And they were saying that like um, – uh, so the, the original joke was just some pretty lazy Tom Cruise gay joke and the lawyer's like oh no 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 he's really litigious you can't do that yeah. and they said okay we're going to have him saying I'm in a closet I'm in a closet and they're saying no 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 that's still too far and then finally they're like what if he's just literally literally in a closet and they're like oh yeah that's fine and they're like one of the most memorable moments came out of someone telling them working on an obstacle yeah 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 and the fact that the movie company didn't realize until the movie posters were in cinemas that the like bigger longer uncut yeah (laughs) 
That was so funny. It was just, yeah, they're, anyway, I love them. If they're listening, please give me a job. <laughs> or not even a job. I'm willing to get another job so that I can come to your office for free every day. Um, I have to actually go. I yeah, think. you have to How go. long have we been talking? 34 minutes. Uh, let's do another 10. Yeah? yeah another or 10. we can just have a break and tomorrow we can pick up from here. We can have like a overnight yeah, like to be like continued. The, the slider burgers. We're it's a cliffhanger. Burger King, like a, you know, get the mini burgers now. You can get two little cheese burgers instead of one whole one. So you're getting two little toe fops for the price of one. No, you're not. You listen twice, don't you? I was just going to join them together. Oh, yeah. Let's join I them wasn't going to like split them. We could split them, but no. Half no, an hour is not together. enough. I just thought I'd join well, them This is interesting. Yeah, we can pick up the conversation yeah. tomorrow and see if we remember what we're talking about. It's an about. overnighter. Well, well, we don't have to do that. We can just like, see what happened overnight. People well, are like, what time, what time happened is it? To... I don't know. <laughs> we're wasting time <laughs> we, we, having this we conversation. Came in, we came in here at what? Like five, at like 20 past five? Yeah. Yeah, let's 1984. All right. Let's pause it. Good cross check, Charlie. We just did a cross check, even though it's the middle of the podcast. You you gave me a, a, the inputs in. Yeah, seems to be recording in the right way. All right. This is the a day later, the next day. Now Ramona, because I just spilt my tea all over myself. Yeah. Because it's early in the morning now. Well, not that early, yeah, but not yeah, that early, early, early for us. Early for podcasting, and um, so I'm having a cup of tea. And I, as I sat down into this big armchair, I realised that I probably my balance wasn't quite right. <laughs> So now Ramona is drinking the tea off the floor, and now she'll start drinking my tea. I wonder if Junior's going to get jealous with all the hate Ramona's getting. He was the original, and then it's like, what happened to Junior? He was in the first series, and yeah. then got replaced, got written out, got replaced. Like uh, you know, like they had lots of skippies and lots of you know spare flippers and shit. Well, you know, Happy Days originally body double. Happy Days originally had an older brother, it's the Pippa. <laughs> Ramona's the new Pippa. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, there was a there was a Happy Days Cunningham character who was the older brother of Richie, Charlie or Charles, who was actually in the pilot, and then they wrote him out. And so in the series, I think he would have been was, great if uh, Shield style they killed him off in the first episode. Well, he died. I think he died in Korea. I think that's the. Oh really? Uh, that might be a tough fact, but there was originally a, a character. Can you imagine being that actor? He's the only one who was replaced, and it goes on to be one of the most successful sitcoms in history. Right, and like you were only referred to as the dead brother or the brother in Korea. Right, you were like, I was in that show. Yeah, right, good on you. Well, that was like, it wasn't Kevin Costner's first big role as the body in... The big Chill. The Big Chill. And all his flashbacks were cut yeah, out. Yeah, cut out. He's also in Night Shift, you know, that uh, Michael Keaton film, the one with Michael Keaton and Ron Howard about that. Yeah. There's a frat party scene where they're having like a frat party at the morgue and you can see Kevin Costner just in the background like chugging beers and stuff. <laughs> Elliot Ness is in the background chugging beers. That's- that would be me. I'd be happy to be in movies if I didn't have to do anything. You know what I mean? Like that's- you, you made it into the, um, the Home and Away 25-year anniversary <laughs> magazine they released. They- I love that. So there was 25 years of like Australia's most successful long-running television show, which you're a part of yeah. now. And uh, has been a breeding ground for like, you know, famous Australian actors. Everyone from Heath Ledger to Chris Hemsworth and a bunch of other people have gone through Home and Away. Mm. And uh, I did uh, four episodes as an extra, made the 25-year anniversary. <laughs> I'm on the show, mind you. Yeah. I'm not in the magazine. I made the magazine. <laughs> Non-speaking role, but fucking owned it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's been a lot of buzz about that character since. Yeah. They should bring me back because I think, yeah, to recap, I've talked about this before on the show, but uh, I was an extra in I think three or four scenes. And it was like... So they they shoot. Um, I hope it's not giving any of the mystery of the show away. Uh, they shoot like all the scenes in one setup, 
in like so it might be a week full of scenes or whatever but if you're using the diner or That's whatever right. yeah, they'll, they'll shoot the all the scenes. diner scenes yeah, yeah. makes sense like it's you know yeah. so I happened to be in three episodes or four episodes uh, because I just did one day of in the background in the diner and they put me into a new outfit every day and so yeah. like it was a different day so, so now you've got your equity card because <laughs> you've done four episodes well the funny thing is like as a stand up comedian like because I'm a <clears throat> look I think there's plenty of problems with the unions However, well, 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 I think Billy Bragg's on the phone. He wants to have a word to you. There's apparently there's power in the unions. Yeah, well, that was a, that was a song written a long time ago. <laughs> I believe in the concept of unionism, even though I've never used the union, and I don't think the union in our industry is always particularly effective. They do some good work. They try to absolute, lobby for rights and power stuff. Co- corrupts absolutely. But you know, there's inherent corruption in the system we have at the moment, which is the big businesses running politics, and there is certainly corruption within the union movement as well. So. But anyway, it's one of those things because I believe in the concept of unionism. I pay my union fees every year and have done since I've been a professional entertainer, despite the fact that I get nothing back in return, yeah. apart from a magazine that I do not read and uh, and a lot of pleas to join petitions of things that I'm not really that interested in. <laughs> but uh, there's no stand-up comedian uh, category in right. because back when I first started being a stand-up comedian, I guess that like it wasn't even really a job. A job there wasn't yeah. enough people to have a specific category. Yeah. So I've always been employed as like a like my well, it's not employed, but in, in so far as the union, yeah. like I'm a 15 year actor. Yeah, I don't envy. I haven't done a lot of roles. I had my four week stretch on Home and Away, <laughs> my four day stretch on Home and Away, and I played myself in Peter Hellier's It's a Date for one line. I don't envy the guys who work in the in the union because they act. They actually are quite active for us. And oh, yeah, for actors, I think that is absolutely and, and true. And, and because a lot of the time it's about having, like, protecting Australian workers' rights and Australian actors' yeah. rights. And a lot and, of these guys, yeah. have, like, their work is voluntary, like lawyers and stuff, because, believe it or not, there's not a huge amount of money to be made for, you know, negotiating, like, you know, better conditions for performers in Australia. Right. For some and are you reason. suggesting that all the performers who benefit from those better conditions aren't paying their union fees every year, Charlie? No, 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 not at all. That's not where I was going. But- I forget to, I forget to even, because you meant to get cheap movies. Yeah, I, I don't even movies. feel like I use it. I, I don't even use it for the cheap movies. I busted out. I always feel a bit like, nah. I'll pay for my movie. Nah, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I, uh, I make the. Because a lot of places you'll go to, especially small independent cinemas, they don't have a category when you flash that equity card. And I have to say, well, it's a concession card. And they're like, oh, okay, so equity is like, I contribute to this industry, which I'm currently supporting. Right. No, I don't get like that. But a lot of people don't know what it is. It's not a. You bring out your lookbook, your yeah, headshots, right. your CV. I've just got a YouTube page. You go, oh, no, I don't here. have my ticket on my phone, but I do have my IMDB. <laughs> have you heard of that? Did you hear that was apparently what's her face is um, Ruby Rose's that story when she and Josh Thomas went out? And apparently when the bouncer asked for ID, she said, fucking Google me. I don't know if it's true. Wow. But if she did, like. (laughs) (laughs) Just the balls to be able to say that to somebody. Like, you know, back in the day, like way back in the day when we used to go out and about, um, like sometimes some of our friends would try to like use me to like get to the front line and even that used to make me feel uncomfortable oh, yeah. like i would love to go to the front of the line don't get me wrong but i'm not gonna be not gonna be that guy no no i just yeah the, the minute there's a, it happens to me a lot where i'll meet people and they'll say oh, so what do you do and i say i'm an actor or anything i know yeah i'm on home and away and then they apologize oh sorry i didn't know and i always say the minute i expect people to know who i am shoot me right because that once you put that once that's your mindset 
then all your interactions become tainted. I, I find that weird. Like even after a show or whatever, if someone's like hung out at stage door to like, you know, say hello or get a photo or whatever. And I will, like if they say, hey, I'm Jenny. Like I will say, hi, I'm Will. And people think that's weird. Yeah. Like people are like, well, we know who you are. And yeah. I mean, technically, I guess they just saw my show. But there are some people who see my show who don't know who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also a more... It, it, but it also, what am I going to say? Like that's what you say to people. Yeah. And it's also, it, it's also kind of a... Uh, I mean, there is a kind of deeper meaning to it. Because what you're saying is, I am Will, as in this is the real Will. You know oh, yeah, what I mean? Okay, right. Like, because I do the same thing. I find it weird when people in the street yell out my whole name. Do you ever get that where it's like, Will Anderson? Not like Will or like whatever. Just like, Will Anderson. Yeah, or they yeah. say it to me just as I walk by. I always find that one weird. Well, no, which is like when I walk by and somebody just says to me, and they point at me and they go, Will Anderson. But I don't even get that. I always feel like having $5 in my pocket and I give it to them. Like, and I, you won. Yeah, well done. Thanks for playing. Yeah. Now call this number. <laughs> if you were a guy pierced from Memento, it would be really useful. <laughs> Thank God. And then I just, uh, like, I have my name written on my hand and I just yeah. cross it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, on my hand, I have a find out name. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I go, look at this. Oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, this makes sense. That's me. I thought maybe I got a tattoo of my lover called Will Anderson. Uh, that's funny. So, what did you do last night? What, what happened in between last time we talked and, and now? Uh, I went to. Uh, this is a couple of months ago when I feel this. I went to Vivid, which is the uh, music arts festival in uh, Circular Quay. In Sydney. So yeah, it's so like, uh, so the Pixies were playing this year, but they have a lot of light installations and they have so a I lot went of to a like- light installation thing, which was just, uh, it's kind of funny. It really made me realize how. Spider is drinking my tea now. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, well. It made me realize how. Uh, well, you only drink the spit of people you admire, right? Right. So you're about to drink. Well, she's like, seriously, like the germs that I must have already. From, <laughs> she, I mean, she sleeps in the bed and, yeah, yeah. you know, on my chest and whatever. And we make out occasionally. <laughs> oh, she wants to. I'm not into it. <laughs> uh, uh, I love her, but not enough for her to lick my face. It made me realize, going to vivid, how spoiled we are for entertainment. Because the the thing I went to, the particular installation, was um, a light projection installation, which you probably have seen by now, where they will project onto the front of a building and then yeah. animate it and stuff. Be great if it was just someone doing PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I had a particular interest in this because a few years ago when I was still producing full-time, uh-huh. I there's a couple of jobs that came up where we were looking at doing projections. So I did a lot of research on it and it's incredible. Like They literally will map 3D map the face of a building and then animate design over that so and then work out the distance between the building and the projectors. So that's why when they do it, like they don't shoot through the windows. Like It's perfectly mapped right. around the So they don't the just get a projector and move it backwards or forwards on the night just to see well, if it's... <laughs> I mean, the equivalent of that, they kind of do do that. They oh, do yeah, a lot right. of test I thought it would be stuff. computer mapping and stuff though. Is it not all computer Yeah, but mapping? you've still got to map you know, the sort of layout out of where you're projecting from. Oh, you'd have to get out there and like do some sort of surveying and then put it into the... Yeah, right. Yes, okay. Um, It's super expensive. That's the other thing too. I imagine it would be. The technology is really expensive. So anyway, so that this thing, but because I had seen so much of it. Because it's also one of those industries, no matter how expensive it actually is, like only a few people can do it. So it's like one of those things where like you look at the person and go, this is the price. And they go, oh, well, I reckon, well, you do it yourself then, mate. Yeah. You yeah. have a crack. Yeah, You see exactly. how you go. Yeah. So you want to do a 3D hologram of Michael Jackson yeah. uh, performing again? Oh, good luck with that. Yeah. Hey, hey Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we're the only people who can actually do the hologram, buddy. Yeah. So you know what? If you want a mannequin up there, 
Okay. Yeah. But it was just, it's, but the thing was, I was watching it and I was underwhelmed. And I'm like, this is insane. Like, I am watching this beautiful, like, art installation where this uh-huh. animating of this building. But I'm like, I've seen this before. And, like, it was only two years ago that I saw it for the first time and was like, oh my God, like, yep. this is incredible. But I think we live in an age now where things are accelerating so quickly. Like, things that we get used hat. to the incredible, like, very quickly. And, yeah. we don't, and we don't wonder at it. This is the thing that I always say to people, like, I had a routine about this in the old days, but um, the idea that we don't stop every day and pick up our phone and marvel at the fact that in just, well, they're less than 50 years, we have an affordable, like portable, and like 97% of the Australian population have a computer that is more powerful than the first rocket that went into space. Yeah. Like, it's weird that we don't get up every day and just fucking marvel at that. You have to watch Cosmos. The episode I watched last night was all about... um uh, the scientist who worked out the correlation between uh, uh, electricity, magnetism, and light. And so basically, this is the precursor to, um, you know, audiovisual technology, microphones, TVs, photography. He basically worked out that, you know, if you uh, project light and you uh, put it through an a electric force with a magnetic force attached that you can control what the light does. This was like, you know, 300 years ago, this guy was in a fucking lab you know, by doing this by candlelight, most of this, he worked that out, right? Right? It's you know, amazing. We often joke about like you asked me once how the internet works, and right. we came out with a vaguely mythological right. explanation, which is makes sense why religion exists because right. that's how dumb up bastards like us we create mythology because yeah. we can't understand but how there it can are possibly be human true. Beings who go, oh no, all this stuff actually, there's a reason for it. Like, right? Yeah. So why? Oh, but people will explain it to me, and I still don't understand it. Like, the but these times, people understand it. So why aren't we listening to them on everything? Oh, well, we do mostly. No, oh, we really? just ignore them on big things like climate change. <laughs> yeah. But we trust them that our phone works. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we don't, like we don't doubt it. We don't think it's witchcraft that our voice. Ma- I mean, I still like the amount. Of no times one has people- ever said about telecommunications. Look, it comes and it goes, and that's just the way it is. So if we end up with no uh, no technology, then that'll be fine. No, they don't say that because it's really important we have technology. So why aren't we saying that about the fucking, like, environment? Right. Oh, no, no, I agree with you. (sighs) Like, I mean, but this is the thing. Like, the amount of times I've asked someone to try to explain to me how I can talk into my cordless phone (laughs) on one side of the world and someone can have a real-time conversation with me. Like, how does that get to them? I just... It does not matter how many times people explain that to me. I can't understand how I can be saying something to someone else on the other side of the world in real fucking time. How can that be possible? I do, with it, when everyone's trying to do that at the same time, I can understand if one person was able to do it. Like if we had a special line where like the president of the world mm. could make phone calls immediately on this thing. But how can everybody... How can everybody just be talking to people on the other side of the world like that's not the fucking craziest shit of all time? Because the world is filled with unseen forces like magnetism and electricity and things like that. Magneto, you mean? For next man? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I've got to explain it in terms you'll understand. Okay, so, yes, that's right. (laughs) No, but it's true. Literally, this is what, you know, this documentary is all about is it's everything is the cosmos is connected entirely on a molecular level like everything is connected yeah and some of these forces seen and unseen but they can all where we have the ability just with enough research to manipulate the natural world around us to do whatever it is we need to do right but at the moment <laughs> we seem to be focusing on the most destructive methods to harness you know the little bit of it's like we discovered kind of you know um uh, like you know electricity through coal power and we're like okay well 
that's just got to be the best it is. That you know, right. uh, there's no no use searching any further. But if you were yeah. a scientist, you would keep refining, refining. It's refining. the equivalent of uh, like just inventing fire. Yes, and then go that'll do. Yeah, like for all power and electricity. Sure, occasionally your house is going to burn down, <laughs> but this is the best method we have. It's fire. Yeah, but I have this new thing, electric. No, fuck you. <laughs> it's fire, and we've invented that, and we're staying with fire. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's so weird sometimes. And this is, I think, when it comes to things like constitutions and like, you know, uh, religion and all those sort of things as well is like most of us wouldn't let a person like 50 years older than us program our fucking DVR. Mm. Yet we're meant to believe that people 200 years ago or 2000 years ago came up with like the set of rules of how we're meant to live now. Well, that's the thing. It makes no fucking sense. And, you know, to um, an American listener, I hope I don't uh, offend you, but when... uh, Certain groups in America bring up the Constitution has been right. sacred. I'm like, so they hadn't, they, weren't they still shitting into pots and stuff? Right. But they had it figured out? They didn't come up with iPhones. But they didn't always, even have a first generation people, iPhone. But people will seriously say we need to, like, we honor the Constitution that was set. Right. Know, as was, I don't think that was the, the rules that were best for serving people at that time. At that time. Right? At that time. Yeah. Like, even iTunes updates its terms and conditions every fucking 12 weeks. Like, if you're a parent, you say to your kid from the age of one to six, all right, don't go out of the front yard. Right. Stay away from the road. But then the kid gets his six and you go, okay, well, maybe- No, no, we've made the rules. (laughs) You don't go out of the house. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. And you wear nappies and I feed you from my breast. There's a reason my parents told me not to go out of the front yard. I just assume- that I, that, that's the reason here. forever. If we try and change no it, no matter what sure, else happens. There's more land right. on the other side of the road. There's yeah. fresh water, but you know what? Right. We'll stay here because yeah, that's maybe, what our parents wanted. Maybe if I get out of this door, communism will take over. <laughs> yeah. It is bizarre, though. It's, just, I, it's also, I think, that it's a religion in itself because people like to believe in heroes, ideals, you know? Uh-huh. America, more than anywhere, like you have heroic politicians of course. in American culture, which I think is... I mean, it's a hero myth. Anyone can be president, but even though it's just the same But their presidents, families. I mean, you know, they, they well, turned Abraham of, Lincoln into a vampire. Their leader of the free world. You know, the American president. But well, it's, it's all that Jack Ryan shit as well. Like, that your, your president can, like, fucking kick people's asses and Air Force One and yeah, all that yeah, sort of yeah, shit, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's... Independence Day. yeah. But it's funny, isn't it? You, that that culture does not translate. Could you imagine Independence Day if uh, the, it, it peaked with John Howard giving a rousing speech, then climbing into like an F sixteen? You know, John Howard. Like we don't we don't have the same kind of degree of respect. Tony Abbott would do it. Yeah, Tony yeah. Abbott would do it. He'd be like, "I'll punch an alien." Yeah, he'd, he'd be first there. Yeah, cool. He'd, he'd be in the fucking ship, ready to go. Him Cr- and Putin, Chris Pine, shirts off. Chris Pine's in the back seat. He's yeah. close to his Maverick. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Abbott's like, uh, "You can uh, be my uh, wingman <laughs> yeah. uh, any uh, time." Is uh... <laughs> Kelly McGillis a little wink? <laughs> Get us a cup of tea, love. <laughs> Look, I would invite you on this mission, but it's proven that women don't have the aptitudes and the skill set of men, so it'd be a waste of everyone's time. Uh, it would be a few months ago when uh, people hear this, but did you see any of the Yes All Women uh, uh, Twitter yeah, hashtag? Yeah, I haven't read it, though. It's it's well worth a read. I... I, I Become more and more confronted by the fact as I like, I think that we're in a massive period of change, not only when it comes to things like, you know, race and religion and, uh, you know, gay rights, but I also think, you know, we're at a time, you know, 
again in history where women are like, hang on, I know that we should be fixing all this other shit as well, but mm. how about us? Yeah, Half yeah. of the fucking population who still in most cases don't have the same amount of rights. Mm. And it, it's really... Uh, you will find even good like people who consider yourself to be good men. Yeah, you will find some of the things that are written on there very confronting, and you will want to react to them and go, "Well, I'm not." But then you kind of, if you think about it, yeah, you actually go, "You know what? No, this is true." Mm. Like you know, what I mean, like they even just you know simple thoughts like the idea of. Of course, not every man is a rapist, but every woman has had to live in fear at some oh, stage yeah, of being yeah. raped. Yeah. And when you think about it like that, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's insane. Well, I always say like, you know, if you are a straight male and you want to get an idea of what it's like to be a straight female, yeah. go to a gay club. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And be in a room where you are not physically dominant to anyone in there. Right. And also you are being eyed up right for it like a piece of meat constantly it makes you feel uncomfortable for a straight male like you'd hardly ever experienced that yeah you and it's I mean? not the it's not that you're uncomfortable around gay, gay people. people no it's just it's literally you're like oh, being objectified well mine was the same as or host a uh, western bulldogs manpower <laughs> night with 700, <laughs> 700 yeah, women from the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the western suburbs yeah. in the one room yeah i played a stripper on mcleod's daughters to yeah. a group of uh country league women <laughs> yeah it gets a little dicey in that yeah. situation but you know but that's what women have to put up with anyway it's a very fascinating read and this is not the place for it but I found it very interesting that I posted a few like you know things from it mm. and people were like you know good on you you know you're a good person I'm like no that's the whole point of this like I as a like a white man have like retweeted a few of these things and like I'm getting pats on my back yeah. for something that should just be our base level for existence of everybody well I thought, yeah but the pats on the back I think are more of acknowledgement you know it's I think I think because you have like a like an online presence and stuff that when you say it, people know it's getting out to a hundred and whatever thousand followers you've got. Three hundred thousand, but whatever. But it's not. I know what you're saying. You're uncomfortable it's not about numbers. You, you're nearly three hundred twenty thousand. But <laughs> you're being, you're uncomfortable about, about the idea of somehow like you know. Well, I'm not an expert in this, or well, I'm not, I'm not you know, an expert in this. But I I don't think that's what people are saying. Like you're solving the problem. Somebody said to me the other day, Ray, uh, Andrew Bolt. They they were messaging me and they were saying that. Uh, they were both a fan of mine and a fan of Andrew Bolt's. Yeah, and, you know, how do I feel about that? And I was like, you know what? I'm not actually confronted by that because I'm a person who, like, you know... Has so, varied taste. Right. And some of the things that I'm into... You're a little bit country. You're a little bit rock. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I am. I mean, country as in farmer. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but I am. Rock as in hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> rock, <laughs> rock as in the, I'm the people's champion. <laughs> rock as in I'm the most electrifying force in sports and entertainment. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, no, but that, I was like, well, I, there's heaps of different weird things that I like. Like, I mean, there's this, we we talk, we were talking about this off air, but there's this, this like triple M, like AFL football show called The Rub, which is the most, like, it's just men being horrible to other men. And I, I love it. Like, I, I it amuses me. I enjoy it. Yeah. And like, it would be the complete opposite of a lot of the other things that I, you know, kind of believe in and I like, you yeah. know, I, I like my progressive politics podcast, something wonky. It's, it'd yeah. be those two groups would never i'd probably the only person in those venn diagrams but the thing that i said to this person is here's what i do believe though that you should not believe neither my or andrew bolt's opinion on what is happening with climate change because neither of us are experts yeah only one of us acknowledges that yeah i acknowledge that it is not in the same way as i can't explain to you how your fucking phone works <laughs> I also can't explain what's going on with the world. But most of the people who are experts say that something's going wrong. And all I'm saying is that of the two choices, listen to Andrew Bolt, who's wrong 
95% of the time or listen to 97% of the experts, yeah. I'm going to go with listening to the experts. I yeah. might be wrong. Yeah. But that's all I'm saying is we should trust people who are smarter than us. Yeah. Or not. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean it's good to ask questions. I think we should always ask questions. But it's, but it's, that, it's that thing of mythologizing, you know, like... When you mythologize, you simplify, you know, it's easy to have heroes and villains and all that kind of stuff. So I think for most people, it's easier to just like mythologize, uh, you know, scientists or, you know, or this, uh, this move, this environmental movement has been extremist, communist, greenies, whatever. And by the same token, the left demonize the right as being kind of like money hungry like i agree i mean i, I think part of the problem is all the name calling but that's like we we've just got we, we have two sides now that just like even the idea that the environment is considered a left-wing cause why is the environment a left-wing cause it should be an everyone cause yeah. like people can have different opinions on what it's causing but the actual discussion about the environment mm. and the planet that we live on that should be an issue that isn't a one side of politics debate yeah. We can have different ideas on how to fix it and how, to, like, I mean, but we should all be having a debate of we all want what's, what's best for the one but, place we have to he, live. But this thing is, uh, the conservative viewpoint sort of, <laughs> I think they view themselves as being realists. Oh, yeah, sure. Look, you would, you would love to think that the world's one happy place, you know, that we can all get along. But the fact of the matter is people want to take what, you know, we have and, you know, there's finite resources and you've got to work hard to make some money. We're realists. Right. And you left-wingers, you're all idealists and it's all happy families and holding hands and kumbaya, blah, 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 blah. So if that is your inherent kind of belief, you are going, you are going to have no respect for the other side. Right, you know but I mean? these people still have children and stuff. Like these people still, like, you know, you've got to be, you've either got to believe it or you hate your children. Like as in, like you've either got to believe that you they genuinely are wrong and the world's going to be fine, mm. or you hate your own children because you are arguing for the destruction of the place that they are going to have to live in. Yeah, and the costs of it. Like, I mean, here's the thing: the Australian military, the U.S. military, military through Europe, all have in place plans to deal with the changing world Water due crisis. to climate. Yeah. They all have plans in place. If the military of all those places are making plans... Well, that is like, oh, we should just fucking that's make scary. some plans. scary. I didn't know, you know that. I mean? but yeah. that. That sounds like the next step to take over. You know what I mean? Because just say we go into like a water crisis or a food crisis. Yeah, water de- world, man. And they declare it's martial... It's fucking water world. They declare martial... And I've seen that movie. Martial law. And I've been to the live one at Universal. So I, I'm going to be equipped. Ex- you I'm are going to be ready to go. this, you are an expert. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I have a vagina behind my ear. We're going to get, so, you, we're going to get you on Q&A yeah. as... Uh, and weirdly enough, uh, Kevin expert. Costner is also in this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, if there is martial law declared, yeah. that's a great way to kind of like run a country because of course it is is that where we're headed now you're making me think the illuminati does exist and this is the plan is that we're all they're going to rate the planet and deprive it of all the natural resources until we you know we're reliant they can declare martial law and then they can run everything by the way that uh, tmz video getting leaked of jay-z and solange uh in the lift mm. that really has blown any flo- like anyone who really thought that jay-z was in the illuminati because that is the perfect thing for I the, think Illuminati. It's in the Illuminati. Yeah, like he's one of the when when people say who's in the Illuminati, the Queen, uh, Jay Z. Right. Yeah. There's like, but Jay Z is one of the ones that's always mentioned. Why? As being in the I don't know, because hmm. he's a businessman, <laughs> not a businessman. Business <laughs> <laughs> so just let him handle his business. business. Damn. Damn. 
<laughs> yeah, people think Jay Z's. So, why do you think if he was in the Illuminati? Well, they cover that shit up. That's your classic covering up. Or shit. he would have transferred into a giant lizard and eaten Solange. Oh, yeah, either way. Yeah, yeah if that was the end of that film. <laughs> what happened to Solange? Uh, <laughs> Jay Z morphed into a giant lizard, his true form, and yeah. ate her. Um, I don't. That, that, that kind of. Uh, the world is run by the Bilderberg group or Illuminati kind of thing. Is that possible? I mean, no. The world, but here's what I would say. We don't need to invent conspiracies because- There's enough- There's enough actual uh, shit. Like, if you want to talk about conspiracies of power, talk about the idea of, you know, the Murdoch press, like of a, you know, one billionaire trying to control a whole range of media and then skew the idea of even what news is into Mm. propaganda for one side of politics. That's a real life conspiracy that's happening all the time. You look at those big American cable companies that keep taking over more and more media and now are going to get their own speeds on the internet and stuff like that. That's the shit that we should actually be talking about. The fact that big business has so polluted the highest levels of government that it's really the corporations, you know, Mm. like, and in the U S corporations of people, you know, that are running these governments. I think there's proper, do I believe, for example, that the U S government arranged planes to fly into buildings on nine 11 so they could, could declare war on other countries and reinforce their military thing. No, of course I don't believe that. Do I believe that people within the system are so corrupt and so cynical that when something like that happens, they, they use it yeah. as like, I don't think they arranged it, but I bet there was a whole bunch of people who went, this is a great opportunity for us <laughs> to sell more drones. This is a great opportunity for us to keep this war machine that so many of us rely on financially keep going. That's a much more, that, that's the conspiracy if you have this giant industry that relies on countries being at war Mm. guess what's going to happen they have no interest in peace peace puts them out of business do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's literally the business model they're working on. Yeah. It puts them out of business. And the thing that we've discovered throughout history, when you look at the cigarette companies, when you look at the big energy companies, they will do anything. They will commission any piece of research. They'll put pressure on at the highest level to protect their industry. And I understand that. Like, I understand if someone discovered that, like, it was comedy that was that was like illness. killing people do you know what I mean like if comedy like laughter wasn't the best medicine it was the opposite <laughs> it was literally the worst medicine that when and i would st- we would commission studies to show that wasn't true you yeah. know what i mean because you'd be like hang on this is my livelihood industry, my livelihood you yeah. know so i get it but really if you found out it was causing like uh, cancer which you'd have to stop doing it right yeah yeah, so you would have the, the but I, I'd ethical... Want, I'd want a lot of proof. And if there was someone out there that I could pay to do a study that proved that it didn't cure yeah. cancer, I might be more so you might into... Inf- so you might influence a prime minister, for instance, to say, look, look cancer has come and gone for generations. A lot of, a lot of things no, cause cancer, mate. No proof There's that no it's proof comedy. That it's comedy. You know? I mean, what about cigarettes? And right? we, have to think about, we have to think about what is best for the economy. If we, right. if we, if we stop comedy, there's going to be a bunch of comedians out there that work... Mel- Melbourne International Comedy Festival, that's like one of Victoria's major events. That's a tourist event. It yeah. like earns, I mean, the ramifications for the economy. What about, people are going to be out of work. Do you, you want to see David? Do you want to see David Straussman sitting on the side of the road with his puppet, no. doing ventriloquism work for change? You don't want to. You don't want to see that. No, no, he'll still be working. We don't consider him comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Take that, Straussman, and your puppets. Yeah. Couple yeah. of callbacks. How long have we been going for? Oh yeah, long enough to finish this. Finish one this and episode, then, uh, and then let's yeah. yeah. All right, do a well, few let's more. Let's do that. Um, all right. Uh, thanks for listening to the episode of this uh, season.
Season, yeah, yeah. Season of TOEFOP because basically... Um, it can't be a weekly show anymore. So what I worked out is if we do nine, which yeah. if we do two more today, that'll be nine, um, that takes us all through June and all through July if we release one every Sunday. Do you okay. want to do that? Or do you want to, do, you want to do it, it every two weeks maybe. and then we go four? What do you want is, to do? Is this conversation going to go on the podcast? Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, I just want you to like... I don't know. Well, I mean, I think people want to know and then we've, stre- do we st- do we stretch it? Do we stretch it out? Well, I'm not really sure. Is it like when you've got cordial and you've only got a little bit of cordial left and like do you, you know what? just do have it. one nice glass of cordial or do you like dilute the cordial so much that you have like three glasses but you don't enjoy it as much? I think we need to do it week to week because... Because we have recorded them in like side by right. side by side, it would but, like, be the weird to kind of yeah. roll into each other. I think I think it's better to have like a season. People can listen to them at their own convenience, oh, that's the by other the way. Thing too, yeah. But like, if we do a season, it's two months, and then we can hopefully do another season later on. Yeah. And and I think that that way, I mean, over the next year or so, that's probably how we're going to have to do it anyway, because yeah. we're not going to spend a lot of time in the same countries. Yeah. So. Why don't we do that? Yeah, okay. All right, okay. So let's finish this. Um, if you like the show, Tofop Quotes on Tumblr, uh, hit us up on the Facebook page. You can uh, look at our website, tofop.com. Yeah. Uh, check out the All Things Comedy Network. Um, that would be fantastic as well. A lot of great shows on there as well. Um, what else? Uh, t-shirts, if there's still T-shirts. I don't know if there is, but if there is, get some T-shirts. Yeah. I don't know. I know that's, that's about it. That's about it. That's it. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>